everybody. Welcome to the Unknown Stories podcast and uh, nice that you're here. Every week with the Unknown Stories podcast, we are trying to take a look into the unknown world of new technologies, new startups. And today we're here with Solardu, Alex. Yep. Nice that you're here, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. We, uh, we met about a month ago here in The Hague when mm -hmm. you uh, won the Dutch edition of the Get in the Ring 2020. Yeah. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. What, uh, what was your first uh, experience uh, winning it? Uh, did, did you get any go uh, good reactions? Uh, yeah, of course, we got very good reactions. Well, first of all, it was a, a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, it was a completely new experience for, uh, for me as well. Uh, so, it was a, so it was a lot of fun. So I didn't know what to expect. But yeah, I mean, afterwards, we got a lot of positive reactions. Uh, people are interested in the topic, in, the, in our solution. So yeah, we'll see where it takes us. I'm curious as well. Today, I want to kind of take a look and uh, take a deeper dive into uh, your company, Solardu. Yeah. I'm interested to, to learn more about what you're doing, also how you're doing it, because uh, as, as, as the looks of it, uh, mm. it looks difficult. And I think there's quite some advanced technology behind it. So um, uh, let's take a look into that and also a little bit into uh, your plans and how you're trying to achieve that to, to kind of make the impact yeah. that you'd like to do. Sure. So maybe to start off with, uh, uh, could you tell us a little bit about the company, maybe give it, uh, give it into a pitch, what, what is Solardu? Okay, yeah, so uh, Solardu is a startup here in the Netherlands and we have developed a new uh, solar water purification technology uh, specifically for desalination. So that means taking salt uh, out of uh, seawater, for example, or taking other type of uh, chemical contaminants like uh, iron or uh, arsenic out of, out, of, out of the water. We're specifically focused on small-scale applications, households, communities, uh, mainly in off-grid uh, situations where um, yeah, people don't have access to water and are usually, uh, how, how would I say, um, yeah, dependent on water being trucked to their communities, finding water themselves or, or drinking bottled water. Cool. So you take, uh, if I understand correctly, you take like uh, like uh, s salt water, seawater, yeah. something yeah. that is abundant uh, everywhere in yeah. uh, the oceans. You take solar energy, also yeah. abundant, and then you create something really scarce, something yeah. that, uh, that a lot of people need. Yeah, so how does it work? Right. So our, pro our product looks like a solar panel. Uh, but it doesn't produce electricity. Yeah? And we're producing clean drinking water from, for example, seawater or other types of contaminated waters. And basically what happens is that inside our uh, panel, there's a water purification bag and, in th and the water flows into that bag and it is heated up by the sun. And as the sun, uh, uh, or as the sun heats up that water, that uh, water starts producing vapor. And the membrane is permeable only to vapor. Uh, and not to any uh, to water in this liquid form. So the vapor passes through and conden condensates on the other side, uh, leaving behind the viruses, the bacteria, the salts, uh, and any other type of contaminants that might be in there. So, so as I, if I understand correctly, the vapor is thinner because it's kind of like a gas. It is a gas, it's and, a it, gas. and uh, it's not connected to the other mo molecules, basically. Yeah. yeah so it yeah. So there's yeah. So there's space in the membrane, you know, for the water molecules to in vapor form to pass through, yeah. which they otherwise wouldn't do if they were in liquid form. And that is um, um, so thin that, uh, is, is there uh, anything that you can filter there or is there a certain degree that, for example, you filter out the, the, the salt and other uh, dirty stuff in the water? Mm -hmm. Is there certain stuff that does yeah. pass through? Uh, yes, but those are only the volatiles. So anything 
that evaporates, has a lower evaporation point than, uh, than water, yeah. uh, will, will go through first. Yeah. 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 So, yes. But, you know, if, you, if you're looking at the, the, the markets we're tar uh, targeting and the people that will be using these systems, that's not the type of contamination you're usually finding in the water. Yeah. Uh, that becomes interesting for industrial purposes. Yeah? And in some cases, for industrial purposes, you want to separate something else out of the water, for example. So it can be used for those applications. But it is pure drinking water that is you know, on the other side? It's distilled. It's distilled. distilled. Yeah. And uh, so what happens is that after distillation, you have to remineralize the water to add a little bit of calcium and magnesium to make it taste better and also for the water to be a little less aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, and then um, um, that means that uh, you have an, another bag in the system where there is clean drinking water or uh, um, that, well, that can be used or... No, no. Well, what, what basically happens is, so the, the whole process happens inside this water purification bag. And um, what happens then is that the distilled water, it basically flows out and is collected in a tank where the whole remineralization process takes place. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's basically it. Cool. Yeah. And then um, um, uh, the only thing you need is, is the heat. Exactly. Uh, so you need sunny areas or does it also work in, in, uh, in, in the Netherlands? In the Netherlands, for example. Yeah. Um, it will work. We tested this summer and in the summer it worked quite well. But right now here in November, yeah. Not not the best uh, not the best conditions. So, but you see the 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 places in the world where water scarcity is the main issue, where uh, salinity of the groundwater or where arsenic in the groundwater are an issue, are generally quite um, yeah quite sunny. Yep. So, so the 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 link between the issue and solar is actually quite strong. Yeah. So yeah, it's not designed for the Netherlands. We're really looking at uh, yeah the drier areas in the world. Uh, and then um, there's different forms that you. Uh, um, I saw some pictures yeah. where where you put them on the on the roof. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, the the module is uh, is a size of a size of about uh, 0.3 by 1.8 meters. Huh? So that's one foot by six foot, which is quite a standard size in the building industry in across the, across the world. So uh, by taking uh, the, uh, one module, you can interconnect them to the others to really produce the amount of water that you need. So uh, for household applications, you, if you have a family of four, you actually need four modules, and you can put that on the roof of your house. If you want to apply it in a more community type of situation, then you just interconnect more modules, yep. and then, uh, yeah, then you can provide a, comp a complete community with drinking water. Cool, and then and then they uh, they have to climb on the roof to put some dirty uh, water in it. Or well, um, that is the most basic version, yeah. uh, and that is and that is completely possible. Yeah. Um, but uh, there are also simple hand pumps which you can use to pump the water up to the system. So uh, the system has uh, a very small buffer tank in the top with about two or three days uh, of contaminated water uh, storage up there. Uh, the reason why it's not that much is because you don't want to make it too heavy. Yeah. You don't want uh, corrugated iron roofs or thatched hu uh, roofs to, uh, to collapse. So you want to keep something light, and so the main storage would be on the ground. So you pump up the water to the system, and then you let gravity do the rest, yep. basically. Yep. Yeah. And cool. that can be a hand pump. And if people in, uh, uh, in the middle class who, uh, who want to have uh, such a product on their roof as well, that you can have an electronic pump. Yep. That's also possible. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Sounds, uh, uh, before, we, before we go into the application areas yeah, on sure. how this can be used and how you'd like to, to distribute it, like, uh, I'm interested in how this technology came to life. 
right. how was this developed? Yeah, well, uh, actually, it's quite a long story. Usually, with these type of technologies, it has, uh, yeah, a couple of iterations. So, it started actually off as a project within Axonobel, which is a Dutch chemicals company. Yep. Um, I think they changed the name right now, but I don't know. I don't know what they're called right now. And they focused more on uh, developing a membrane from the clothing industry, which was. Uh, watertight but breathable so something to be used in rain clothing and um, while they developed that that has been successful and that's on the market but then they started looking at other applications and, uh, and they were um, they were also interested in the Middle East uh, and they had a couple of uh, uh, potential clients there so they wanted to develop uh, a solution also for water purification um, they did a couple of projects um, in the past, one in, with the purification of oil water, for example. Mm -hmm. So when you have an oil well and you want to pump the oil out, very often you inject water into that, wa uh, into that well with, uh, with chemicals and everything. So what are you getting out of it? You're getting oil, but you're getting highly contaminated water. So this is an issue that still exists today yeah? mm -hmm. and it's, not, it's still not been solved, uh, whereby um, yeah, they really try to dewater that contaminant water to concentrate it as much as possible. So they did a couple of projects like that, but um, Axonobel made some uh, strategic decision to focus more on paints and coatings. Yep. And so a lot of um, yeah, these type of developments within their polymer uh, R&D part yeah, got, got sold to competitors or s certain things became spin-offs. And yeah. some of the, the people who had been involved with this, uh, with this technology, they decided to start up SolarDo and also refocus more on small-scale uh, desalination because the strength of this technology especially if you're using solar is to uh, is that we can produce very high quality water but not in huge quantities so yeah. we'll never supply a city of a million people with this type of uh, with this type of technology yeah. so the, that's where the focus came on and that's also the the point of the uh, of development so we started developing this product um, unfortunately we came to the conclusion that the, the membrane that we had uh, inherited basically yeah um, did not uh, match our requirements, especially in terms of lifetime. So it was degrading much quicker uh, than you would normally expect, yep. somewhere in between three, four months. Yeah, that's so not a uh, That was not ideal. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, a lot of tests that had been done previously were done for a month. And also with different, or let me say, the different type of uh, degradation, uh, forms of degradation separately. So temperature separately, water separately. And yeah, when it suddenly all combines, you get a whole different type of degradation process. So what happened really is that we, well, we, we had a product, but we didn't have a membrane anymore, yeah. uh, which was kind of key to the, the whole the origin of uh, exactly. exactly. So we looked on the market as to what membranes were available, but these are all quite expensive. And really for, um, let's say, um, a product developed ultimately for, for emerging markets yeah. is um, not ideal. So one of our experts uh, who, who has done work on a, l a lot of different types of membranes had an idea, two ideas actually, and well, we started really from the ground up, redeveloping uh, the membrane, and as a result, redeveloping the water purification bag, and then the whole product in the end. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, and that's and that's where we are right now. Huh? So we've uh, we've we've brought it up now to let's say uh, late prototype form. The prototypes are smaller, uh, but they've uh, used the same manufacturing technologies that uh, uh, that we're going to use in the future. Yeah, 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 indeed. Yeah. But I think that uh, what I've heard of your background, mm. uh, um, then I think the whole process of redesigning the, the membrane or choosing the new membrane and also uh, making yeah. this new product, I think then your background uh, was really handy. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I have um, uh, a degree in industrial design and uh, I also focused uh, 
uh, on sustainability and design for the for the base of the pyramid and uh, so that uh, that's also how I came on board. Yep. And that's what the first focus was. But ultimately, uh, the advantage of industrial design is that you lo- know a little a little about a lot of different things, and you're able to uh, yeah combine that creatively. And yeah, that's basically that basically became my role. So you know, in the beginning with the membranes, we focused a lot on the chemistry, on the physics, yep. you know, and on the production technologies. And as you progress, you go on to other topics, which are which which are also new. Uh, so, yeah, you learn a lot going through the whole process. Yeah, I think especially um, also because, you know, in the beginning we, we focused uh, really on making a technology that could be scaled up, right? So we, uh, instead of developing something in the lab first, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and then saying, okay, well, this is it. Now we're going to scale it up. And then because you're going to run into a lot of trouble yeah. anyway, uh, we are going to anyway as well. But what we decided to is to uh, work together with manufacturers from the start. Uh, and manufacturers from the packaging industry because we felt that with their technologies we could produce something that was very low cost yeah. and that could be scaled up. So, yeah, we took quite a lot of time working, work, working with these partners to develop, uh, to develop this uh, solution. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, I think uh, there's an uh, enormous value in all those patents uh, at, at companies like Axonobel, DSM, yeah. ASML, SUR and TNO that sometimes is, is, is just untapped. And sure. uh, it's, it's great to see that uh, even if AXO says uh, we're not going to use it anymore, that there are people that say, okay, w- we're going to make it of, of tremendous use. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, but unfortunately, we don't use them anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So all those uh, patents uh, got, uh, yeah, got cancelled. Uh, yeah. yeah, but it's not about the patent, but it's about the application. And, sure. and, and yeah, this, yeah. Is still, uh, uh, this still has a bright future. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think the advantage... Um, uh, and I think that is perhaps also more in, in, in the past is that, you know, uh, people are free to experiment in those large labs, you know, and sometimes something comes out where maybe um, in, in smaller companies you won't be able to spend the time on that. Yeah. And that, yeah, and that is exactly... Uh, yeah, real discoveries. Yeah, kind yeah, of. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Uh, but as we see, uh, innovation is more than just discovery. Yeah. You may have to uh, uh, f- make it scalable, have to find the right price. Is that now something uh, maybe not to, to say, I don't know if you want to say the, ri- the, the real cost or price, but is it now on a certain level that you say, yeah, we, we, can, we can really kind of apply it to, to uh, I- I countries um, uh, and, and do that in scale? At scale, definitely. Yeah. I mean, the, if we, if we're uh, to be honest, you know, the the, the first the first thousand units are always going to be more expensive. Yeah. You know, in the be- that's mainly in the because in the beginning, not only because of the numbers are lower, uh, but you don't want to make huge investments yet because you know that after the first thousand products or the first two thousand products, you're going to go make changes. You're going to optimize it. You're going to see how it wor- uh, how it works there in real life. You know, so you keep the investments low, but as a, uh, in in and what I mean investments is in tooling and equipment and production lines. Yep. But then th- some of the components are going to be a bit more expensive. So I think we'd be with the first system, we will be about 150 percent of the 150 to 180 percent of yeah, of, of the end price. Yeah. What we're targeting uh, in terms of the end price, yeah, that's going to be diff- uh, different per country. Yeah, pricing is always an issue, and yeah, these discu- discuss- discussions, and it depends also very much on our local partners. Yeah. Um, because our business model is that we work with local partners uh, who are, for example, already working in the water purification industry or working in the solar industry, and they see this as an addition to their portfolio. They uh, they have the network, they have the distribution channels uh, already in place. So yeah, it depends a bit on the uh, uh, on the local partner also what the what that end price is going to be and on the market. 
Yeah. So, yeah, well, we're, our target has always been that we would be able to produce water for one to two cents per liter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that for a small scale, that is... Uh, that's yeah, very reasonable. I have no idea. Like, uh, what what is on a large scale? Uh on a large scale, that goes maybe you know like large systems uh, in the Netherlands, or yeah. I mean, we pay yes. two euros per cubic meter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so that is. Uh, uh, so that's a, a th- no, not a thousands. That is a, a tenth. Let's say a tenth or two t- uh, two tenths. Okay. Okay. Percent. Yeah. 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 So in the essence, you are a uh, a product company. Yeah. Uh, selling the product to partners. Exactly. And those partners, uh, they, they can also be NGOs, I think. Uh, they can be, uh, although, you know, it's not in their mandate very us- uh, usually to set up a business. Okay. Yeah. Um, of course, NGOs are, you know, like uh, changing their o- mode of operations, you know, because they have a goal uh, also to create impact, uh, to solve certain problems. So they're also exploring, of course, new ways in doing so. But ultimately... Um, yeah, we do see the only way really to get a sustainable solution is if you can create a long-term business out of it, and that is if it's profitable for a local partner. So, working together with NGOs might be on uh, on on different levels, but I don't uh, I don't think they would be the first ones to do the whole uh, marketing, sales, distribution uh, for us. No, no, yeah. no. So, so also your products that will end up on uh, on household roofs and more. Uh, durable solutions there you have those partners yeah but i saw an, an image uh, maybe on uh, slide four which is um, the other one yeah. um, which is more for emergency situations yeah here. right right so here we um so basically uh how i describe the technology to you it's a it's a water purification bag in essence it's a flexible product right we put it uh, for normal use. We put it in a in a housing to protect it to yeah. get as long a lifetime as possible. So you get a lifetime of about two and a half, three years out of the system. However, if that is not your goal, yeah, but your goal is maybe flexibility, uh, mobility, then you can also have a product that um, that rolls up uh, that can be inflated, yeah, so, uh, something that looks like a sleeping bag, really, yeah, and that but can provide drinking water. Because one of the issues with um, Let's say you have a tsunami in, in, a, in a region. Yeah. Suddenly, all your water sources are brackish. Yeah. And that can persist for, well, nobody knows really. That can be six months. That can be 12 months. And uh, nevertheless, the whole infrastructure is also down. Yeah? So it's going to take time to rebuild that, uh, that area. And water distribution is always one of the biggest issues. Yeah? And, uh, of course, if you have a refugee camp, yeah, it's very easy to distribute. Uh, refugee camps yeah. are... Uh, exists for a wide variety of reasons. That uh, depends on the, on the issue, but one of them is distribution. Yep. It's just an easy way. Of organized. Yeah, it's organized and central. Yeah, yeah. But in, if you want to start rebuilding, you want to, um, yeah, have actually people going back to their villages as quickly uh, as quickly as possible. So if you can provide them with food for a month or two months, yeah, uh, and you can provide them with a with a method for pur- purifying their own water, that rebuilding process can start. Much earlier, yeah. yeah. Because the the current solution, as you say, is really just distributing the clean water just in in tanks and just in, uh, or are there it also d- technologies depa- that they yeah, already yeah, yeah, have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it really depends on what the water is that is available. Yeah. But so they uh, so the, these organizations, um, yeah, I th- they have a portfolio of solutions that exist, yeah. and they just look as to what, um, yeah, what works best. Um, usually, usually they start off. Um, in some cases, just with providing bottled water, you know, but that's very expensive, so that only lasts one week, but then yep. you're assured that the water is clean. Yep. But every single time you have to improvise, and I think this just adds to the portfolio, and especially in rural areas, more dispersed areas, that can be a solution. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, this, uh, uh, this looks like an iPhone, Yeah. but uh, it's, I think it's a little bit bigger. 
It is. It is. Um, it's uh, let's say about zero point six by one point eight meters. Yeah. Okay. Like a table. Yeah, like a ta- like yeah. a table in size or or a door. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where are you already active? Or what is kind of in what kind of phase is your company currently? Yeah. Um, so we are. Uh, we're working together now with uh, two partners, uh, one in Chile and Australia. And yeah, we're active with them there right now, um, testing the prototypes. And uh, we've been talking to a couple of launching customers, municipalities in Chile, uh, a mining company in Chile that is uh, yeah, interested in uh, using this solution as opposed to trucking water there. Yeah, in Chile, the, the issue is that, uh, is that yeah, the government is now using emergency funding uh, to finance all these trucks going everywhere mm. to provide water and that's expensive and that can't be a long-term solution so they're really active uh, looking f- uh, looking for the right solution our focus uh, the reason why we chose chile and australia first uh, is because the, they're countries where they have a lot of sun uh, yep. first of all they have a big issue but that issue is acknowledged uh, by the, by the by the government and they do want to do something about it also not import uh, not unimportant is that they have a, a certain amount of funding available yeah, and the idea is for us, like I said, is to create a business for our partners there. You know, so uh, if we if we can set up something there and then roll it out uh, to the uh, the nearby communities, then that would have um, yeah also make it profitable for our, for, for our part for our partners there. And that's a lot more difficult to do if you go to a, co- a country which does not have as much financial resources and uh, yeah where you have to depend on NGOs in certain cases for funding. Yep. Because that's more project-based, uh, and we, can f- we hope that we can roll it out a bit quicker like that. So that's our starting point. Yeah. yeah? And, and they will provide access to, uh, to the re- uh, regional, uh, region as well. Uh, so Peru, Argentina have, have similar issues. In Australia, um, the, the, north, the northeast of Australia, uh, you then have the islands, and then you have the islands in the, in the Pacific. Yep. So that, those are starting, uh, starting points. And yeah, it's also a bit of luck. Huh? Um, in some cases, you have to find these partners. And uh, so we also looked a lot in South Africa, but unfortunately, we weren't uh, able to find uh, the right person at the right time, yep. basically. And could it happen that you, on a certain moment, decide to just uh, also uh, create your own distribution network? And st- or, um, or do you want to stick to being, uh, being more of a product company? It could be. Um, so, at the, I, I think in the in the what we've seen in the countries that in from just from Chile and Australia is is that you know having a uh, being embedded in the local culture and local context is so important. Having the right context that makes it very difficult to set up. I think if you uh, if we start uh, selling more to uh, let's say um, the U.S. Uh, Europe, then then we could do that distribution. You know, the, they could go via web shops or something like that. That it's a very different apl- uh, application. We are looking at Southern Europe right now because you know, uh, Chile and Australia are two countries that are the furthest away from uh, the Netherlands yeah. as we could find. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's that's great. Uh, but unfortunately, with COVID, that doesn't make it easier. Yeah, uh, and so we are we are now uh, looking in Greece, especially on the Greece uh, Greek islands, uh, to see. Uh, if, if we can provide a solution there to the smaller communities on the smaller islands. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the production of these installations, where is that done? So we'll start here in, the, in Europe. Yeah. Uh, so we have, we have European partners uh, who, who we've been working again, uh, together with for the last four or five years um, to, to develop that. The, I think the production of the membrane and the water purification bag, that will be in Europe for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Not that many companies can actually do that. Yeah. 
also from an optimization perspective, you want to be close to yep. the production uh, so that you can make changes. Um, in the beginning, the, the, the housing, basically, uh, the box in which the water purification bag is placed into uh, will be also manufactured here, but that can, go, uh, uh, can be done locally very quickly. Depends a little bit on the, on the quantity. Yep, yeah. yep. Cool. We, um, uh, of course, we also we, we, we touched upon the, the word of impact. Yeah. Um, I, I think uh, for uh, um, a, common, a common framework that has been used to, to, to quantify impact, yeah. uh, which is kind of a, a big word as well, impact, but yeah. is, um, is, the, uh, is SDG 6, is, uh, are the sustainable development goals. Right. Um, what, um, what for you uh, does this framework, for example, give you? And, 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 and what are your... Uh, uh, what is your reference to impact that we're kind of right? Well, I mean, it just first of all, um, it helps you um, communicate uh, what you're trying to what you're trying to do uh, to the rest of the uh, rest of the world. And I think yeah, the SDGs describe a lot of uh, yeah the different challenges that we're working on right now, and they're also interrelated. Uh, so it it gives you an an easy method to communicate that to uh, to other people who might not be as familiar with the with what your technology can do and what the issues are in the world. Huh? Because, you know, here in the Netherlands, we don't know much about water scarcity. Uh, we are experiencing it a little bit in the summer now, yeah, but uh, something like salinity, yeah, that is not as big of an issue yet. Most of the, the common people don't know much about it. But, you know, if I give this presentation in Chile, for example, I can uh, skip the first five slides. You yeah. know, everybody knows that we have a problem. Okay, so what's your, what's your solution? So I think it helps, especially in communicating with people who are not familiar with it. So SDG 6 is, of course, uh, related to water yep. and, drinking, uh, and drinking water. So th I think that's very obvious. But given that water is a very basic resource, without water you can't survive, it impacts actually quite a lot of other of the SDGs. Uh, I don't know them all off the top of my head, mm -hmm. but that's why we have the slides here. But it, uh, it, it, inf it influences gender equality, the ability of children to go to school. It affects uh, household uh, expenditure. So, the, uh, so these are all, yeah. all aspects. The basic need. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. And, and also, of course, you know, like the topic of, uh, of uh, plastic is uh, becoming a lot bigger in yeah. the last couple of years. And what you do see is that the, the whole bottled water industry is doing quite well. Uh, in, in, I mean, I think they have a growth, a growth of six to ten percent on a yearly basis. Uh, but uh, yeah, there are issues. It's not very, it's not that sustainable. And you know what happens to all those plastic bottles? You know, in the Netherlands, we're okay. You know, like uh, trying to collect all our bottles and recycling, yeah. uh, recycling them. But you know, in other countries, that doesn't that doesn't happen. Yeah, and they end up in the ocean. Then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so it's linked to many many different things. Yeah. Yeah, I think the the, the whole impact. Um, uh, the whole impact is, is, is evident in your company. Yeah. Um, how do you envision, uh, what would be your kind of dream into, uh, for the company, for, the, for maybe the, the next five, ten years? How, yeah. What would that look like worldwide? Yeah, so uh, yeah, we've set ourselves a goal of, uh, of reaching a million people uh, in 2030. I think it's ambitious. It's, uh, it's going to be a lot of hard work. But yeah, I think the, m uh, the most important thing is that... Um, not only reaching those pe uh, those people is important, but like I said, uh, giving a local entrepreneur something to be to create a successful business. I think that will be uh, important for us, you know, as a like a milestone and as a as an indication that we're actually trying uh, actually providing a long term solution. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think that is uh, that is our goal. If if we are going to do that only with this technology, uh, I'll leave that up in the open for <laughs> for now uh, because things are going to change. There's going to be new innovations and 
we'll see what happens. But at yeah. the moment, this is our focus. This yeah. is our focus. So you're 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 as a, as a pr- um, industrial engineer, you have the also the mindset of like maybe more products could follow and uh, and and fueling that same mission. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. uh, how many how many liters does a person drink on a on a on a day, like on average worldwide? Is it? Uh, depe- yeah, on average worldwide, that's difficult. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it kind of depends where you are in the world. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, I think the. the uh, the UN norm is somewhere between two two and a half liters, but you see that in warmer countries you use three and a half liters. If you are um, doing physical labor, it might be yeah. even more. Yeah. yeah. And um, so it really depends. And it's also the question of what you should be drinking and what you actually do drink. Yeah, because a lot of people don't drink enough. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's not only so the water that you drink, but it's also uh, the water that you use for cooking. Yeah, uh, for example, and some other. Yeah, and that also has to be clean. Yeah. And that also has to be clean. Yeah. yeah. So you see in areas where where saline water is a, is a problem, you see also that people have a very clear uh, understanding uh, of what different types of qualities waters are and what their uses are. Yeah. Yeah. So you're looking upon a uh, a mission of uh, about uh, two and a half, three million uh, uh, cleaning, like uh, three three million liters a day, uh, uh, almost uh, in uh, 2030. Yeah, so something along those lines. Yeah. Well, I think that's a uh, that's an ambitious mission. Uh, I hope uh, that uh, um, kind of uh, um, that that you find the partners and uh, that, that that you succeed in this. For now, I uh, I'd like to thank you. Okay. And um, uh, I think what we've uh, um, what we've learned uh, is is about how uh, kind of a membrane from AXO can kind of uh, turn into this kind of company, uh, yeah. uh, and eventually uh, you have to change the membrane. But uh, but it was yeah, a good yeah. starting point. And um, I think for everybody out there, if you uh, uh, if you like uh, uh, like to know more, if you like to uh, to reach out to to Alex, uh, how can they how can they find you? Uh, we have wo- a website solardo.com. Uh, we have an email address info at solardo.com. So pretty standard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the easiest way to uh, reach out to us. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for now. Yeah. And thank uh, you very much for having me. Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening, and uh, see you next time.